0: Standing up in McKinney. This is according to Callous, episode three hundred ninety-five, coming to you on April the twelfth, which is a Wednesday. And tonight, I thought I would do something short and sweet. That is, wonder who they work for. <laughs> I don't. I wish I could say this is something unique or something that is going to be a reoccurring theme. I just I sit back every once in a while and I wonder has anybody considered the reason why we don't get these things done may actually go beyond the idea of if the cat kills the mouse the show is over and more of they enjoy manipulating us to get to their own ends. Now the problem is if you go and get into deep discussions of who the they is you get accused of one of a number of different things. Well, you're either an anti-Semite, you're a tinfoil hatter, or you're a conspiracy theorist. And all three can be intertwined, and it's a nice way to project um, somebody else's preconceptions on your questioning. The way I look at it is it's entirely natural and positive to question the narrative, to look at things because they don't make sense. They don't add up. And you're trying to figure out what exactly is at play here. That is, to me, a good hallmark of an individual. The idea that everybody's going to be on the same page, everybody's going to line up exactly the same, is a pipe dream. It's never going to happen. I mean, I'll never find a candidate that is 100% everything that I would want. I mean, even the former state representative the great Ron Paul, is probably only 98% of what I would want, of my ideal candidate. And I'm not sure where the 2% deviation would be, but I'm just here to tell you, nobody is 100%. And that is good. Unfortunately, that means we're stuck with a whole lot of 70s and 80s, right? People that are 78% with us, and that 22%, boy, that can wreck your world. But it's better than the alternative, right? It's it's better than the bad guys, the all the, the evil ones, the Democrats. We can't have that. But really and truly, at the end of the day, who are they working for? I mean, it's very easy to sit here in McKinney, Texas and look at the things that go on in DC and write them off, as you rightfully should, and just suspect that they're all working. <laughs> For some nefarious group, some nefarious organization. And it doesn't even need to be all of them, just a working majority, a plurality, if you will, of bad guys. And it doesn't matter what group or, or how they fit into the organization, just that they're not working for we, the people. I'm less concerned if somebody is um, a Rosicrucian, a Skull and Bones, Or or whatever your favorite flavor of mm, nefarious bad guy is. Or they're a direct agent of the Rothschilds. I I don't really care as long as we can agree that they're not working for us. They don't have the best interests of we the people in mind. And while that is, at least at this point, somewhat evident based upon what we see going on in D.C. That they don't have the best interests of the United States of America, of Texas, of we the people, of anybody other than themselves. Let's look at how does it translate to Austin. Well, it should be somewhat clear to you by now that there's a great deal of elected officials down in Austin that are showing their hand. They don't work for us. They work for their special interest group. They work for DC. They work for some multinational corporation. But at the end of the day, they don't have the best interests of Texas in mind. They don't have the best interests of the communities they're supposed to represent in mind. They don't have we the people's best interests in mind. The question is, is who are they working for? Now, we've often joked, and I've mentioned it on more than one occasion, it'd be really nice if, like race car drivers, these guys would wear suits with all the logos of the different companies and um, organizations that sponsor them. And then you can decide, do I like what those people are trying to do or not? And you can weigh that out. Is this person more likely than not to give me the things that I want? Now, you may recall a few years ago, it was very prominent that you were supposed to hate the Koch brothers. You know, they funded a lot of people that are right of center and got them elected into office and supported their causes. But at the end of the day, the Koch brothers are largely globalist in nature and thought. They want what's best for the Koch brothers, yes, but they also want certain other things obtained, which doesn't benefit we, the people, and doesn't benefit our country, our nation, Texas. And while it was perfectly acceptable to point them out as these nefarious people and doing terrible things and hate on them, when you said the same thing about... Put in your favorite person here. Um, my favorite is the Rothschilds, right? Because they're an actual legitimate family, the king of the banksters, if you will. And to the extent that they still exist today and are pulling strings, don't know, don't care. Everybody's favorite uh, whipping boy on the right seems to be Soros. Whether it's Georgie or Alexandra, don't know, don't care. Or Alexander, not Alexandra. Although in today's day and age, who really knows? But that's evil. If you bring that up, you can't talk about that. That's deplorable. Never mind. The guy was legit, a Nazi sympathizer, but because at least part of his family tree is Jewish, you're an anti semite. How does that work? I don't know. Ask them. The real problem, as I see it, is if you can't call a spade a spade, if you can't look at what's really going on, if you can't talk about who's pulling the strings, whoever they may be, you're going to miss the larger point that the people that we elect to represent us don't. They may say they do. They may pretend they do. They may occasionally throw us a few bones, which we've talked about at great length on this show, but at the end of the day, They're serving the higher purpose, which in many cases is their own pocketbook. They're completely oblivious to what the larger goals are, but there are some true believers. There are some people that are clearly on board with whatever it is that these nefarious groups want. And I don't know what it is. I don't claim to know what it is, but I always tell my wife, it always comes down to one of two things. Control and control. Nobody goes to the trouble to get more money. If they don't want to exercise more power and nobody goes to trouble to get more power if they don't want more money. But at the end of the day, both of those things buy control, they want control and the control is over. We, the people, and how do they control? We, the people. Well, there's the narrative. There's the story. There is the way you can spend money, where you spend your money, how you can live. Just the right to be left alone is something that is fleeting at this day and age. How did we get here? Good question. Who are they working for? I mean, even Eisenhower warned of this problem. Kennedy allegedly was looking to out them. They offed him. And on a few weak moments, other people in Congress have hinted at the fact that there's certain people you just don't screw with because they've got six ways from Sunday to get back at you. Now, maybe just maybe that's what's going on with Donald Trump. Don't know. I don't pretend to know. How could I know? And and for those of you out there that are still mm, betting the farm that Q has got some plan and we're all going to be rescued. Really? How much longer are you going to stand by the side? How much longer are you going to pretend? Wake up. Again, who are they working for? Now, it's clear to me that there's a whole lot of people that go to the Senate that just want to get paid. It's even clearer to me there's a whole lot more people that go to the U.S. House that just want to get paid. Some are maybe even actors. Who knows? (laughs) When you hear some of these people talk, it's clear that they, if you were to shake their head, you'd hear sand rattling around in there maybe. Maybe. But what do we do about it? Ah, therein lies the rub, right? I've talked about this time and time again. Fix what's going on locally. Fix the local issue. I was talking to a gentleman earlier today and he reminded me there's a trifecta that controls things locally. Now, I might define it slightly different than him, but basically you have the school board, right? The teachers association, if you will, you have the city council and then you have the folks over there at the chamber of commerce. Now they all work hand in hand. They all look out for each other. They scratch your back, you scratch their back, and that's all fine and dandy as long as everybody benefits and everybody gets a benefit out of this shady dealing going on. Nobody really complains about it. But you need to look no further than Plano to see how that plays out long term. You need to only gasp—I'm <laughs> sorry—grasp what's at play in Frisco right now to see how this plays out. You see, the school district is a slush fund. There's a ton of money there. The reason why they don't want to have any competitors, the reason why they don't want to have vouchers, and for the record, I'm not necessarily in favor of vouchers. I have some really serious concerns about them. But the adamant, freaking out, and display of hatred for anybody that talks about vouchers or, or school choice it's not lost on me. It's not so much that they fear the competition. They do. It's the money. It's all about the money. You see, the money lets them fund other things. The money uh, lines the pockets of different people in different organizations that work with and collude with the school board. And while you're at it, don't forget the city council. Because, yes, the city council is along for, because they control, well, you know, the Economic Development Corporation, the Community Development Corporation, that money gets spent on certain things and you don't think that they're padding others' pockets in there? Come on. Again, most of us turn a blind eye if, hey, positive things come out of it and somebody got a little extra in their pocket, eh, well, you know, the city benefited. It's it's not worth the trouble to deal with it. It's not worth the fight involved with this. So we we kind of go along and get along. We're not serving anybody's purposes long-term, you understand, but it's called survival. It's picking your battles. But then when you throw in the local government employee associations, whether it's the school district employees association, IKA teachers association, or the firefighters association, or the police and fire association, or the police association, they're really worried about their retirement funds. And again, I don't blame people. Hey, you got to get paid, right? But at what cost? Would you rather run your city into the ground just so you can get a couple extra bucks in your pocket? Now you, the rank and file out there, you teachers, you firefighters, you policemen, you're out there doing your duty, looking after your community, doing the best job that you can. Would you rather have a safe, well put together and organized city or maybe you have a couple extra bucks uh, taken out of your wallet than you otherwise would, right? I mean, you don't get mm, quite the nice return on your benefits that you otherwise might would. Would you rather have that or would you rather have your city went to pot, your community went to pot? But hey, don't worry, I've got an extra hundred bucks every month in my pocket. Well, yeah, that's that's great, isn't it? I mean, you could move somewhere else right? Maybe. But the real question is, is who are you working for? We hear all the time how it's a calling that they're serving the greater cause. And I got to tell you, I believe the vast majority of the people, the rank and file that join, really any municipal organization, school district, um, police, firefighters, street crews, all those people, they're looking out for their community. They want to be paid. Yes. They expect to get a retirement. Yes. But they're looking out for their community. They find that it's a worthwhile investment of their time. Maybe you could say they love their community. But they also have to take care of their families. But how many of these people do you know would sacrifice their community, would run it into the ground so they can have a few extra bucks in their pocket? Well, probably nobody. Ah, but some of the leaders, they get a little bit more than a few extra bucks in their pocket. Maybe they're getting a couple extra grand every month or every week or whatever. Do you think they wouldn't sell us out in a heartbeat? Yes, I know exactly what I'm talking about. You think this doesn't happen? You think somehow because we're in McKinney, Texas, we're somehow isolated and insulated from the real world around us? I've said this again. I don't want a Dallas for my city. I don't want my city to become more like Dallas. The folks in Frisco don't want their city to become more like Dallas. The people in Plano don't want their city to become more like Dallas, yet the very associations and their leadership are pushing us in that direction. The city councils and the school boards are pushing us in that direction, and one can wonder, why might that be? What are they getting out of it? Who are they working for? These are all very valid questions. Do you think we're going to get an answer? Do you think maybe we're deserved an answer, but we're not going to get it? I think... As a general rule, when the time comes, you need to ask your friends. We all have friends. They work in police or fire or their teachers, right? They're great people, one-on-one, maybe even as a community. We love on them. But you ought to ask them, who are you working for? Why would you support this? Do you really think this is the best idea? Do you really think this is what's best for our community? I think you might be surprised what their specific answer is, yet their leadership does something entirely different. Then the real question is, why don't you vote the leadership out? Why don't you do something about it? What is their incentive to stay quiet? I could tell you what it is in many, many cases. It's just easier to go along with the flow. Why fight? I want to keep my job. I want to keep my retirement. It's no point. Let's just go along. We'll get along. I see it all the time in my political sphere, right? I see it very often in different jobs that I've had. Why fight? I mean, look, I'm guilty of it. I had a job where... At a certain point, you just say, it's not worth the fight. Whatever. I'm just going to do it. We all do it. We got to do what we got to do to survive. You can't hate on somebody for that. But if you have that relationship and you know somebody well enough, you got to ask them, what are you hoping to accomplish with it? Do you really think this is the best thing? Who are you working for? I mean, if we can't fix the stuff going on in our very own city or out our backyard, how do you really think we're going to fix Austin? How do you really... How do you think we're going to fix DC? (laughs) You know, they they say Texas can't happen. And I know I spent an entire show yesterday talking about this, but what if it could? What good is it going to do if we get Texas, but we do the same stuff we're doing now, only at a smaller scale? What good is it to get DC out of here only to have Austin run our day-to-day, everyday lives? Nobody wants that. We got to start standing now. We got to start pushing back now. We got to start holding the line now. We got to start asking our friends. Who are you working for? I think that's what the real question is at the end of the day. Who are you working for? I think an appropriate answer is I'm working for my family. I'm working for my extended family. Maybe I'm working for God if I don't have a family. Okay. Maybe even... Depending on what kind of job you have, you might say, well, I'm working for my family, but also to support the local community. Okay, that's a valid answer. But if all you're working for is that retirement, I'm going to guess maybe, just maybe, your priority a little out of order. If you're going to say, I'm just working for the money, I gots to get paid, perhaps your priority a little bit out of order. Perhaps. I would never begrudge somebody a paycheck. I would never begrudge somebody that's done better than me. I don't even begrudge begrudge people that aren't where I'm at in my life currently right now trying to obtain where I'm at or better at a younger age or even my age. I don't hate on any of that. But at what cost? Are you potentially hurting somebody else in order to accomplish that? In which case, do you really want to consider another option maybe? Maybe there's something else you could be at consideration here. Maybe you really don't want to do what it is you're doing. At the end of the day, when you go home at night and you look in that mirror, you got to ask yourself, who are you working for? Yes, it's fair game. And it's kind of fun, actually, at times to ask that local elected official, that local business leader, who are you working for? What is your goal? What do you want to do? Why are you doing these things? But you need to be willing to ask yourself the same question. You need to be able to look in the mirror and say, what am I doing? What, I'm doing? what am I trying to accomplish? What do I want out of this? You see, it talks about being able to pull a plank out of your own eye before you worry about your brother's speck. And while in this specific case, your brother might have a plank in his eye, but it's entirely possible that you have a plank as well. And while it's, I guess, to some degree, super easy for me to come on and do the show for 20, 30 minutes, five days a week and point out some of the blaring obvious problems. I like to talk about solutions. I like to talk about some of the whys and the wherefores. I, I like to talk about options. I like to talk about different approaches, ways we can deal with this. It's not because I think I'm better. It's not because I think I know more. It's not because of any reason other than I have a concerted interest in making my community better, to protect my family, protect, quite frankly, my country. And whether that country devolves into only being Texas, the republic thereof, or it stays as part of the constitutional republic that we have right now, those are all things that have to be dealt with. They're questions that are going to be asked, but you have to be willing to think about it. You have to be willing to come up with your own answers ahead of time. You have to be willing to make a decision right now for what may very well come in the future. And with that, I'm going to cut it short. I'll see you on Thursday, which is the other side. Oh, and one last thing before you go, like, share, subscribe to the show. Do me a favor. If you've been particularly motivated, you can comment, you can rate, and you can review the show. Help me out. Until then, thank you.